Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Donna Freeman. I am the host and founder of yogainmyschool.com. And today we are broadcasting live on Blog Talk Radio. This is our final Reflections 2011 series, and unfortunately we've been experiencing some technical difficulties getting uh, Duncan Wong to join us from Japan. We had it all sorted out, and, and we've lost him on the call, and so hopefully we will be able to figure out how to get him back. But in the meantime, I want to tell you about the remainder of the series, all the wonderful, fun things that we have been doing. It really has been a fun-filled month. And we've enjoyed some amazing in-depth conversations with various leaders in the yoga and mindfulness community. Included in the Reflections 2011 series this year, we've had uh, Jeff Krasno, uh, co-founder of Wanderlust, Wanderlust Festival. Also, Roseanne Harvey, the voice behind It's All Yoga Baby, uh, yoga blog extraordinaire. The hosts of Where Is My Guru, Jessica Derivaj and Diane Ferraro, joined us, and I encourage you to check out their show every Friday um, on Hear Women Talk. As well, Sean Korn joined us. We were thrilled to have her, um, Amy Apolity, as well, both of them top yogis and with so many insights into how to make your personal practice um, deep and rewarding. Uh, Kristen McGee joined us and we talked a little bit about uh, yoga and Pilates as well as body image and how important it is to uh, to learn to accept yourself. And it really has been a wonderful opportunity to connect with so many fabulous people and it has absolutely been a pleasure of, for me to organize these interviews and uh, and to highlight the amazing work that so many individuals are doing. If you've enjoyed our our uh, our interviews, I encourage you to share them on your social media networks, on Facebook and on Twitter. You can find the many of the links for the interviews on Twitter with the hashtag Reflections11. Uh, as well, these interviews, as well as all of our archived interviews, are available for free download on iTunes. If you go into your iTunes and type in Yoga in My School, all, they'll all pop up, and there's a, just a wealth of information there, uh, all kinds of fabulous people from uh, John Friend to, uh, oh, sorry, I lost my breath there for a second, to Catherine Buttig, uh, 
Waylon Lewis, uh, a number of people joined us last year for 2010, uh, Reflections 2010, and then um, we we continue the interviews throughout the year as well. Hello, is this Duncan? I'm here. Fabulous. I'm so glad you could join us. I'm sorry I'm late. Oh, that's all right. I understand, uh, you know, when you're phoning from Japan, there's sometimes a delay. That's right. I was trying to get through. Sorry for the cross of signals, but I'm glad to be connected. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you. I'm so glad that you reached out. Now, your style of yoga really combines martial arts and yoga, and yet some people would, you know, diehards would see those as very two different things, and yet you've uh, combined them into a really powerful practice. And why do you think that these work well together? Well, that's a long conversation. <laughs> since we have just a glimpse of time uh, in this fleeting time-space paradigm, the reality is that all we really need to do is look back into our past to understand where we stand and where we're going in simplified terms. Clearly, studying history will help us to understand that the warrior path is as much a contributing reality of the practice as it is today than any other contributing element in terms of specifically of all standing poses and most seating and arm balancing poses really all come from the warrior poses and the warrior poses were introduced to hatha yoga much later on um, so it's really just being honestly educated to the roots of the practice to understand how much yoga arts has been going on for such a long time. I could elaborate, but it depends on how long you want the answer to be. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go into a little bit of where you find your inspiration, because you've been practicing yoga for a long time. Um, and how a do you while, find yeah. Yeah, and how do you find your inspiration to keep coming to your mat to refine your personal practice and to offer people amazing workshops? Well, first of all, to stay inspired, we have to practice. And in order to be inspired to practice, for me personally, it has to do more with being in nature and being connected to the rhythm and the movement of nature. Specifically, I'm talking about the wild or the wilderness, which is our wild side, which, again, if we go back to our roots, uh, wild doesn't actually mean crazy. Wild means free in terms of being outside of the construct of and the artifice of the mechanized world and back to which is a linear path and back to the circular flow of being in nature watching the sunrise and the sunset being connected to the rhythm of time space you know watching the waves flow and the wind blow through the trees and they you know feeling the breath move through the body and that's really just to stay inspired and to inspire by example and oh and fact, i know and I know you live in Japan, in Fukuoka, and the Japanese have almost made an art form of appreciating nature. Um, you could say that, besides <laughs> that story. Um, yeah. You know, a Japanese are an interesting animal. They're also very interested in controlling nature yeah. and also being in rhythm with nature, just as the ancient Tao and the ancient yoga from China and India, how they've influenced one another over the 
millennium, but yeah, Japanese are very interested in, you know, they, they took yoga and it evolved from India and Nepal and Tibet through China and Korea into Japan and became Buddhism and Buddhism became Zen and it's very much about the perfection of nature. And at the same time, the ancient roots, like the pagans before the Christians and the yogis before the Hindus, the Shinto here was the, the shamanism, the animism, the, the, the natural psych connection, connection to the stars and the planets, was Shinto. And that's always really, in all ancient cultures, it comes back to being connected to nature and this rhythm and the cycle of the seasons. Um, and then it evolves into control. And the, the expansion and contraction is always, of course, the never-ending continuum of humanity. And, of course, today is the, in Japan anyway, it's the 22nd, so it's the day after winter solstice, so it's the real Earth New Year. It's the beginning of, the, of light, you know, so this is a very important time. One year from today, we will have the end of the Mayan calendar and the beginning of the new cycle, um, which is, which, you know, is the, the time of generosity. We're moving from greed into generosity, so it's a very aparigrahic time in terms of expansion, and it's a very powerful thing. It's probably have nothing to do with the last question. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously on your mind, though. It's something that you're 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 thinking about right now and, and pondering on, and, and that's wonderful yeah. to as a that. yogi with European roots, as a pagan, you know, as a, anyone connected to the ancient ways of balance and sacred feminine, and you know, it's obviously this is this is the real New Year. So I've got the champagne on ice. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, now. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about um, yoga in Japan. And uh, when I li- I lived there many years ago in the 1990s, uh, and there wasn't much yoga around. And, uh, but I know that that's changing. And well, so it's what changed dramatically yoga- as, it, as it has all over the world. Yeah, and so what does yoga look like in Japan today? Like- what it looks like all over the world, you know, <laughs> is, is, is that, it's, you know, yoga... Is a is a is a conscious entity that some believe. You know that if you look at the cycle of the rhythm of of time, you know yoga has surfaced on the planet when it's been the most needed. About every thirty years, there's been a yoga boom on Earth, and a lot of the time it's the West that is, you know, taken renewed interest from the ancient Eastern practices. Thirties, sixties, nineties. There's been these you know, these kind of consciousness booms. Boom in, in Japan it, it means <clears throat> like a, um, a trend. I guess it might be the same in English. Um, and But this time, you know, with the quantum evolution of the folding of time and the advance of technology and the brink of extinction of, and, and you know, of the planet and of all species, it's it's the time to turn it around. There's a global shift in consciousness, and this is a very long wave. It's going beyond a trend. It's become a lifestyle. That's why in the new millennium, you know, yoga is stronger than ever, and it's global. But in simplified, again, terms, the response of your question, yoga has peaked and and has continued to peak. So it's it's kind of like watching the West. Reinterculturalize and refresh yoga. 
so like for example 20 years ago we were just starting to find yoga in the gyms outside of the hidden pockets of very private communities and now it's become you know hot yoga was popular it was a physical exercise we went from aerobics to hot yoga to spa yoga and then slowly people become aware of alignment and shivananda and Iyengar, and then it expands into movement and it reconnects to vinyasa or flow or ashtanga power and all of that and then people go deeper into the spiritual philosophical aspects but the interesting point about asia in general is that because of the eastern practices people already respect their ancestors people already bow people already have buddhism people already meditate people already can take lotus and genetically the eastern <laughs> physical construct is that padmasana is much more accessible and you know they have the direct connection to yoga through sanskrit that they've been chanting through the buddhism of their ancestors for a few thousand years so it's like watching people reinvent the wheel that they created and so there's a quantum evolution in terms of going from physical workout to deep spiritual practice it's kind of it happened very quickly so it took 20 years in the west and it's taken like 10 years in the east and so we're mm -hmm. kind of up to speed and it's almost like the world is equal in terms of understanding the deeper spiritual practices yes yeah i know that uh my the things that i learned when i lived in japan and and the connections that i had there to the culture and that type of thing really uh are, i blend well with my my yoga training and and my practice and it's nice to see those come together so well yeah, and, and, you know, people are traveling more than ever, so believe it or not, it's, it's a very internationalized practice, and then people can travel on the Internet, so it's it's like everything is interconnected instantly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really amazing. Now, a lot of your classes, or at least I know your classes, are known for some of the deep assists that you provide, um, and th that's often thanks to your Thai massage background. Um mm. But can you give us, you know, some basic guidelines? Because I know some people are really, I don't know if I should be touching you, and are you comfortable with that? But can you yeah, give us some basic guidelines very... for providing safe and smart mm. contact in a yoga class? Excuse me for interrupting. Yes, I, I'm very interested in that subject. I actually don't teach classes. I haven't taught classes for, geez, a few, at least a decade um, in, on any regular basis. Um, except for the Mysore programs I ran when I had schools uh, mm -hmm. several years ago in, in China. But per, predominantly, I, I'm not such a great teacher in terms of teaching classes, you know, left, right, warm-up, PowerPoint, cool-down, <laughs> the basic flow formula. Um, so I learned, I it's important to recognize our strengths, and I realized that I'm more of a technician than a teacher, so my specialty is, if I have one, is to break down detail of, and so that's kind of how I evolved into creating teaching modules. I'm kind of a, I do teachers trainings and detailed workshop seminars, and and that's the per, that's predominantly what I teach. And mm -hmm. you know, in any case, to answer your question, I do train people in specifically how to teach classes, and, and I break it down into module aspects. So, like, for example, a very practical advice 
for you teachers and aspiring teachers and just therapists and people that are interested in partner work and connecting with people through contact yoga. Um, very basic guideline is I have a uh, acronym I refer to as BSA. And when I'm teaching people how to touch, there are so many factors of respect and intention and rhythm of breath. And But physical hands-on approach, I use BSA because it, it refers to base, Stabilize and action, BSA, you know, which is to create a barrier or a base structure um, and then to create a security or a stabilization and then create an activation or an action of the pose. So, for example, those of you semi familiar with asana or stance structure in terms of standing classical standing poses, Paravritta Trikonasana, you know, Paravrittas the rotation from the side of the of the connection to the pose, so trikona, side uh, three angle, so parvata trikonasana means rotating side angle pose, which if you want to look at it in some very simplified structural terms, triangle is basically warrior one, a shortened warrior one in terms of front to back, and a twist, because warrior one is the foundation of all standing twisting poses, and actually all seated in our balancing twisting poses in terms of the direction of the pelvis. And then warrior two is to, is all utita or extended side angle poses. So that's back to the mm-hmm. original point yep. of all poses basically come from warrior stance structures. So warrior one is basically turning forward, like throwing a baseball swimming or, sw- or twisting, like swinging a, you know, a sword, if you will, or twisting into the forward stance. So taking power off the back leg and the back arm. That's what a forward stance, a warrior one, comes from. These are the martial arts stances. Um, that's what the, the not yogis or the, the ancient kashastra, the warriors, the warriors of ancient uh, India brought, re-resurrected yoga from obscurity and introduced, if you study the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, or the ancient light on yoga, there were no standing poses. It's all inter- integrated from warrior stances. So we can thank the ancient martial artist of India for all of the stance structures, you know, that's the reality of the roots of asana. So rotating triangle pose, the base of all standing poses is the back leg. So the back leg has to be braced to create a basic structure. So that's step one. Whether you're standing behind somebody and squeezing the middle of their back thigh, their foundation with your thighs, and holding their pelvis in place, um, the position of the feet establishes the position of the pelvis. And the position of the pelvis establishes the direction of the movement of the spiral stru- counter-spiral structure of the spine. So the back leg is the base, for example. Now, the stabilizer will inevitably be the pelvis because what most people need to learn, if they haven't already figured out, is that once we don't move the pelvis by virtue of squeezing the inner thighs and drawing the sit bones together to stabilize the pelvis and, and create a structural stabilization of the sacrum, which then allows us to spiral the pose or open the heart by moving the, from the L5 or the lumbar, the spine above the pelvis without moving the pelvic spine, which is the sacrum. So the inner heel weight-bearing, or the inner stance structure, engages the inner thigh, which establishes the sit bones together, which, of course, locks the pelvis into position and then allows us to, that's the stabilizer, to stabilize the pelvis, for example. 
And then the final action, or the activation of the pose, is to generally move the shoulder or the, you know, from the chest to the shoulder or the upper back we're gonna, or the rib cage. We're going to spiral the spine open without moving the pelvis. So the base of the back leg, engaging the weight into the inner heels. The stabilization is to secure the pelvis without from moving um, and hopefully have it in alignment, for example, pelvis facing forward with the feet hip distance apart and from the warrior one lunge of knee over ankle with the back heel down or back heel pushing back in a lunge. Then we have straightening of the legs, pelvis facing forward, base stabilization and action, engaging the back leg, weight in the heels, pelvis stabilized, and manipulating the spine from the rib cage or the shoulder, the shoulder blade structure. Um, and that's how, that's a, you know, and then breathing together, feeling the limit, and finally, the fifth element is rhythm. Cradle, just like we pulse in the pose to find our stabilizers and relax our mobilizers or engage our body bond, our inner core musculature, or relaxing the outer muscles that allow the joints to move. We also cradle or rock with a person gently until we can feel their center. To get, we can feel the, the balancing point together and they're doing their practice, we, they're feeling their pose, we can feel their center, we're not pushing them off balance, and then we can breathe together from an inner core place of power, so we can have core elongation, which is to engage the pelvic floor and the transverse, the inner abdominals, which allows us to relax the back, moving from core elongation of the spine, which has to do with counter-spiral structures, cross-core dynamics and wave motion therapy, but I can't explain that over the phone very well time. <laughs> I already feel like I've had the Duncan Wong you know crash course like wow <laughs> holy crow like that's uh, thank you that's fabulous and I know that you have so much to offer and so much knowledge to to share that I can definitely see how uh, your workshops are are highly sought after well I, I just want to give a shout out for myself a little a little oh for sure <laughs> I mean a little. Uh, I have a new website that I've created. I, of course, I have yogagards.com, yogagards.jp, and familyyogagards.com, and ketokidsyoga.com, my real older sister's kids program that we've integrated and teach around the world. But I finally am so excited about 2012 because I'm, I'm finally expressing my yoga artistic side, and I've created a website. It's amateur, but it's mine, and I can connect with people more directly um, and it's duncan-wong.com really excited Duncan about it dash wong.com alright I'm going to have to go check that out yeah, well uh, it's it's a work in progress so oh for sure oh, everything I'll is I'll go ahead and put it out though. it's a private preview <laughs> test site <laughs> okay <laughs> which is duncanwong.uibc3.com U-I-D- okay, uidc3.com. All right. And that will, that's a preview of the duncan-wong.com site, which will, will launch and in 2012. Great. Which is next week. <laughs> yes, it's coming up. Um, I know that you're celebrating with your family and you have a, a lovely little boy to to enjoy the holidays. Twin sons, twin identical sons. Yes, that is so cool. Yeah. And your lovely wife, of course. 
I yes. got to speak with her for a moment yesterday, and I, I hope that uh, you have a wonderful New Year. I won't wish you a Happy New Year yet because I, I know that that's a Japanese thing to do on the first. So. Yeah, and as and as Earth worshippers, today is New Year's, so mm-hmm. we're it already is. there. It's such a bright sunshine morning. Actually, we're at sunrise right now. Oh, it's beautiful. On the twenty second. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you joining us today and giving us so much of your time uh, and enjoy your I'm champagne. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and and all that. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yes. All right. Well, take care, Duncan, and have a fabulous new year. You as well. Thank you so much. We've been joined today by Duncan Wong, live from Fukuoka, Japan. It's such an honor to have him, and he has such a depth of knowledge uh, to impart and to share with us. I'm, I know I'm probably going to have to re-listen to that, his response about contact yoga um, and safe and smart contact in the yoga class again and again, just so that I can, I can take it apart and take the best things with me. Uh, you've been listening to Reflections 2011. I'm so thankful that you've joined us. I know that uh, 2012 is going to be a fabulous year, but we have had so many wonderful guests. I gave you a rundown at the beginning, um, but we do continue on with the show throughout the year. We will have uh, more in-depth interviews with your favorite uh, leaders in the yoga and mindfulness community. Uh, as I told you before, you can find us on iTunes, look through all of our archives as well. We're on Blog Talk Radio Live, and uh, and you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Donna K. Freeman, and uh, we also want a big shout-out to Elephant Journal. They have been fabulous in their support of the show and in uh, and in sharing these interviews. I wanted to wish you all a fabulous, fabulous Uh, festive season, and that it may be filled with light, love, and peace, and that you may be surrounded by those most important in your life. This is Donna Freeman from from yogainmyschool.com. Take care. Namaste.